this week's episode, we cover the big new number ones from Marvel and DC and share our love for the recent comic adaptations of the Whedonverse. It's all happening now on Cover B. Everybody, welcome back to Cover Bees. How's it going, folks? It is another week, another session of comics, finally. We skipped last week because there just wasn't a whole lot going on without Marvel and DC and stuff. It was real low. So yep. Things are still coming out kind of slowly. Um, they haven't gone to the full kind of release schedule again uh, yet, so things are still taking their time. It's trickling in. But we have a few new books this week from all of the different things, which is delightful. Mm-hmm. So first. Uh, first up, so there's more Empire. Um, this is, so I believe we talked about the fan, uh, the Avengers side of the whole thing. Yes. The Avengers number zero that came out a couple weeks ago. A um, few weeks ago? I don't know. Um, who knows anymore, really? Time um, is an enigma. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Who cares, really? Um, <laughs> but yeah, Empire Fantastic Four came out this week. Um, I mean, it's just more Empire stuff. It kind of... So the Avengers one, without too much spoiler, I guess, uh, ends with a cliffhanger that seems to suggest that it's going to be like Fantastic Four versus the Avengers, which had me kind of frustrated because I'm just like, Marvel, get over it. Um, Civil War was like 13 years ago just stop Um, (laughs) move on yeah it's just annoying because it feels like every single crossover event that Marvel does just has to be some sort of excuse to like throw hero v hero and it's like there's more creative stories to be told like figure it out Um, (laughs) I agree and uh, yeah and this one was a Fantastic Four side it didn't really like Compared to the Avengers one, which was very much about the, you know, Scroll and Kree alliance um, from start to finish, pretty much, this one was kind of like another story and was just the Fantastic Four learning about the Scroll Kree alliance. And then the end, it was like, oh, here it is. Um, <laughs> but it picked up where the Avengers one left off and clears up that there's not going to be like an Avengers V Fantastic Four thing. So um, that's good at least because I mean the poor damn Fantastic Four just can't stop being V people. Um, I feel like they just got back. Yeah. It's like they just, (laughs) they just came back into the Marvel universe and everyone's like, Hey, we freaking hate you. Um, (laughs) But I mean, it was good. I'm still excited to see where this was pretty much just the setup for the Fantastic Four side for those who haven't, read too much into empire it's basically going to be told from two perspectives the avengers and the fantastic four being the major players for earth um al ewing is going to be handling the avengers side of it and then uh dan slot who's currently writing the fantastic four series is going to be handling the fantastic four side of it um and it's going to be like one main mini surrounded by a bunch of tie-ins i think it comes out i don't Maybe next week? 
it starts it might be the week after but it's coming up soon soon um finally it's pretty much the only thing they're making room for to release right now uh since they delayed everything they're really just trying to like get empire on the shelves um just because they've been spamming ads all over the place so they really need to live up to that. <laughs> so uh but there yeah. are some expectations still getting kind of pumped for empire i still stand by what i said where i think if there's any sort of like big change that's going to happen marvel's probably going to pull it from the cosmic arena because that seems to be where they're going but um Worth picking up, worth checking out. Tonally, this one was super different, in my opinion, from the Avengers one. Like mm. the Avengers one felt like very emotional and serious, and this one just felt kind of goofy, and it almost didn't feel like they tied together at all. Uh-huh. But hey, maybe that's how they're doing it. They're doing like the serious side and then the like lighthearted side, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have some levity. So my next book, which I'm kind of really excited about. TBH mm-hmm. is they gave Willow from the Whedonverse a solo book. And why I'm super excited about it is because it's Mariko Tamaki. Nice. And okay. I love her so yeah, yeah. much. <laughs> She's done a lot of really cool work. These yes. Days. This one is all about Willow. So if you guys were reading the Buffy series, Willow kind of like bailed out after the whole Hellmouth crossover. Um, she, they lost uh there was a whole bunch of stuff where they like lost Xander and things were complicated and icky and nobody likes anybody and everybody hates everyone else and so the Scooby gang kind of fell to pieces and Willow was like screw this I'm taking a holiday and so she did an exchange student program came back didn't couldn't bring herself to go back to Sunnydale and now she's kind of just trekking out on her own and what's cool about this is that the Buffy verse always focused really heavy on, you know, the vampire side of things. And the witch stuff would come into play because Willow would do witch stuff and Tara would do witch stuff. But, like, it was never really the focus or a primary focal point or most of the villains related to it or anything like that. This very much feels like it's going to be 100% focused on Willow as a witch, witchly things, witchy enemies. You know, coveny stuff, mm-hmm. weird things happening. And I am so excited for it because it's kind of going to, it's going to be like Sabrina, but in the Buffyverse. <laughs> yeah, hey. And that's I am, a good way of looking at it. I'm all for it. And I, I love, like I said, I love Mariko and I love the art. I think this whole book is going to be great. I'm excited. I'm, I'm super pumped because I feel like, the comic Whedonverse has really started to flourish. Like mm-hmm. the Buffy and the Angel, because because what's smart is that when they relaunched and rebooted all of these titles, they went into it not saying, okay, we're going to retell the TV. We're going to, yeah. you know, do the series and make the characters exactly as they were before. Like everybody's a little bit different. They've made the scenarios a little different. They've incorporated new people. Mm-hmm. Like... They let, you know, Willow be a lesbian from the very beginning. She was with a girlfriend from the very beginning, a woman yeah. of color. Like, they they did some really cool stuff. They introduced a young black man as a watcher and, like, just really cool things that are happening. And, like, the angel books are really good mm. because those have incorporated, like, Spike in the beginning and, and just, it's just really neat. It's neat the way they went about it. And I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Firefly has been really good, too. Shout out. Um 
But yeah, so I'm just I'm pumped that they're branching out and well, giving other characters their own yeah. books. I think it was a super good idea to kind of do some you know, creatively refreshing yes, titles with these titles because like they're fan favorites, both Firefly and Buffy, and then yep. by extension Buffy Angel. Um and, you know, specifically with Buffy, like after the series ended, the comics pretty much picked up right they're even called like season blank. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so the comics went on and on and on after the seasons and like changed up the characters and had input from uh, Whedon himself and Whedon's brother. And even the actor who played Xander did some writing for them and huh. stuff. And so it's like it, it was built off of what was already there. Right. But it's such a rich mythos and a rich bunch of characters and honestly is just the power of Buffy has always been that her and her cast of characters, her, the Scooby gang, like they're all very relatable yes. and approachable. Agreed. And so like taking that and then being like, let's start it over. And instead of making like adult Buffy picked up from where we left her last in a modern world, let's start it over and let's do Buffy as if it's in a modern world and tell modern stories with modern interests and modern pushes yep and honestly like a buffy tv show reboot probably do pretty well it's just the biggest problem with the tv show reboots is that they try so hard to please the old fans as well as like to make it familiar to the people who have seen the entire series right versus just like making it its own new thing that's going to approach like new people right um but in comics you can get away with that you, you absolutely know what I mean because can. it's you can literally make it look like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan and actor who plays Xander I'm sorry and <laughs> you know you can make it look like these people so it's the familiar faces but new but different. you know but you couldn't cast like Sarah Michelle Gellar as high school buffy in modern times so if you did a reboot Buffy series it would have to be new people and if reboots of the past have showed us anything if people just go in expecting one character and an actor takes it in a different direction then it's like people lose their damn minds you know and I mean it, there's something to be said about how you lose the initial charm when you try to reboot a TV show because so often when they reboot they try to alter the tone to what they think is hip and new now. Yeah. So like they'd try to remake Buffy, but it would like be really dark and edgy and broody yeah. and it would yeah. lose that that witty cute charm that Buffy and the silliness had in the first early seasons, you know, like it grew into a very broody dark place. I mean, The Body is one of the most soul-crushing episodes that's ever been on television, but it took a long time to get there because the first season was, you know, Cordelia being a rude uppity bully and Willow being the cutesy nerd and Buffy being like, totally whatever. And <laughs> it, whatever. It, it took a while to get to that point. And I feel like if, you know, anything like the Charmed reboot is something to say, they go right into the like, let's. Riverdale this thing up and make yeah. it broody and dark and mysterious and dramatic and it's like you you lose you lose the build up you lose the magic I mean yes. you lose you like, absolutely do what made it what it is and that's fine 
if you're doing like if you're taking a world or a or an IP and you're making like a spinoff, it's fine to then do the like gritty thing. Like that right. works. Like Star Wars isn't famous because it's dark and gritty and you know, a dark gritty Western story, but the Mandalorian works because yeah. that's his story set in that universe. Exactly. And if you wanted to do like a Firefly, like something set in the Firefly universe and do it in that tone, then that's fine. Right. Even if it's like the new Firefly show is this. It's not Mal and his crew. It's these people Something in the totally same universe. Different. People can accept that. But when you, if you were to try to like reboot, like, hey, this is brand new of the old characters back again and you change the tone, then you lose the magic. You yeah. lose why people cared about approach those characters. Yep. Agreed. And that's why, I, I, like I said, I just think it's genius that they did that with the comics not that that they did the reboot with the comics basically because they have a lot of freedom to please both old fans with familiarity but then change it up enough where new people can pick up the book and go oh hey oh this makes sense and then yeah. it's you know if the book does really well then somebody pick it up and make a show based off of the book yeah exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? and because clearly then you already have something that's established a tone that works yeah that maintains that authenticity and then you can build with with people like new actors who can recreate that chemistry yeah i dig it last but very much not least deceased dead planet number one oh, is hard. out uh it is the sequel so we've had so far we've had deceased um We've had a deceased one shot, which I forget what it was called, and that focused on like the magic peeps. And we had, <coughs> excuse me, deceased unkillables, which we raved about on here. That was probably one of my favorite superhero books from like the Super last 10 good. years. I love that book. It's so well written, it understands its characters. It, in my opinion, was a more powerful super people, vigilante people in a zombie apocalypse story than deceased was. I agree. Deceased, Deceased is great. I love Deceased, and I've been telling a lot of people that I love it. I'm not into zombies at all. I'm so bored with zombies. He really is. But it's very aggressively against I, zombies. Yeah, I, I hate that we're still kind of in a zombie thing. But lately, there's been a lot of really good zombie content coming out from comics because people are, we're finally getting to like the postmodernism of zombies. So we're finally looking at zombies and how can we twist this? Yep. Aside from just like, you know how we twist this? We make them fast. You know how we twist this? We do like a World War Z and make them like pile on top of each other. And nah, get out of here. Um, They're made of mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the clickers rock. Um, <laughs> what can I say? Um, they're better than the story. Anyway. Um, Uber. <laughs> don't at me, please. I have, <laughs> I have a lot of opinions. And it's yet another thing that I have opinions about where it's really hard to have opinions about them because toxic fanship has ruined everything for everybody. Um, true. Anyway, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Deceased. Yes. Um, and so this is the actual sequel. Deceased, The Unkillables was kind of like a parallel story told in tandem of the events going on. Um, it was kind of a sequel, but also kind of a spinoff. Yeah, um, I can see that. Deceased Dead Planet is a direct sequel, so it picks up where the last one left off. So we pick up like five years later, I think they said, and Damien is now Batman. Uh, John is now uh, Superman. Um, and Cassie is now Wonder Woman. So we've got like the big three again. I love 
what and there's actually like a bit in the back where they talk to the artist uh trevor hair scene um i absolutely love what he did with the costume design like he had a lot of free reign to you know make these kids feel like they're still they still hold their identity but they're still filling in that trinity um and it just like it just worked and it I agree Basically, it picks up where they left off. They, for sorry for the spoilers for the first deceased. Um, if you haven't read the first deceased, skip ahead a bit or don't listen to this at all. Um, <laughs> this is the last book we're talking about, so you can just bye. It was good bye. to see you. Um, but at the end of deceased, Wonder Woman is infected and is wrecking the place. Um, they make a arc basically to take survivors to a new planet. Um, Superman gets blocked from destroying the Ark by John, uh, his son, and then flies into the sun to start eating it when the Green Lantern Corps shows up and like quarantines the whole place and is like, this sucks. We're just, we closing this off. You guys leave. Um, <laughs> so they go to a new planet and start setting up shop. We pick up with them there five years later. Um, they receive a distress call from Cyborg's head. Uh, because Wonder Woman has ripped his head off after revealing to him through the lasso of truth that there's actually a cure. Because um, Cyborg like hits her with the lasso of truth and is like, I want to speak to the anti-life equation. Tell me, is there a cure? And it's like, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh! Uh, and then she rips, rips his head off. Um, that's where we're left. They get this distress call. They go to rescue Cyborg and then kind of see, like, while they're there, I think they're like, we want to see what is going on with Ivy's jungle because Ivy and Harley are running, like, a jungle in Gotham for refugees, um, which is really good because that's always given me severe anxiety, and it's also where the deceased unkillables group went, and I'm like, dude, but the sun is getting eaten. <laughs> <laughs> You guys will not be able to be there for too long. Somebody please get them off this planet. Um, and it's also where the Justice League Dark, all the magical people are. So like John yeah. Constantine's there, Zatanna's there. And we see them uh, in the very beginning. So I imagine they're going to play a part in all this. Uh, but the Justice League is going back and obviously stuff gets very dark and grim. And it's a rough read because that's deceased, but it's it's just so well done. Tom Taylor is doing a really good job of these. And uh, like he has one of the most empowering couple like subversions of a couple conversation, yeah, like in movies so and good. media and stuff when couples go into danger and they're like, you know, oh, I just don't want you to go because you'll you. Oh, you're not going to come back. And it's between Ollie and Dinah. And uh, so, so good. Green Arrow and Black Canary, who Black Canary is now a Green Lantern and also has a sword that can kill wow. a god. Um, so she's OP as hell. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's just like the conversation between them is so well written and just subverts what you would expect the actual dialogue in a situation of a man yep. and a woman talking to each other about 100%. a dangerous situation to be. And it's 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 perfect. It's so um, good. So I can't I can't talk enough about deceased. I'm excited to see where this one goes. I'm excited to see the resolution, um, and I'm hoping that at the end of this, this isn't the last deceased that we have. I want it to end happy for people because I've come to like all these characters as Tom Taylor's managing them. Um, but 
I also don't really want to give up on the anti-life equation because it's making some good stories. So I only have two things to say about this book. One, there's a very special cameo that makes me smile a lot. And two, I don't understand why this book wants to hurt my emotions so much. All the deceased books, they want to make me cry and and just and be sad and, <laughs> and feel a lot. And I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend it. If you haven't read Deceased, there's a really dope hardcover that's out right now. Uh, pick it up. If you haven't read Deceased Unkillables, should still be easy to hunt down. They haven't done a trade or a hardcover for it yet, but I think it's coming. Um, I can't recommend these enough. Like I said, Unkillables is literally, in my opinion, one of the most well-written superhero stories in the last like decade. It's like a three-issued story that just like is done and it's it doesn't feel rushed it doesn't feel too content confined it's three issues perfectly paced super well written builds tons of emotions super funny it's just amazing good kitty good kitty uh i don't normally do this but i do have one final thing that i want to say uh i'm not going to talk about the book too much because it's not really like a good jumping in point but it is out this week um and i it pains me not to give it a call out but um adventure man number two um from image is out it's a matt fraction terry dodson book i think we talked about the number one we i don't remember did I um think so but i've read the number two now and i just want to say i have so much fun with this book and i don't know if i gave it the credit it deserves when we talked about it in the number one but i love this book uh it might be quickly rising to like one of my favorite image books coming out wow. right now uh the art's great the characters are super fun. It's so incredibly well-written. It's super pulpy and aware of itself. And it's just tons of fun. I had so much fun reading this book. Um, and it's nice to just have like a fun, like refreshing glass of water book from time to time uh, that doesn't try too hard to like, I'm going to change the genre. It's more, this one honestly is more about like, I'm going to honor the genre and is like, let's look at like pulp stories and pulp comics and you know give praise to those and so definitely pick up adventure man one and two if you get a chance a book that's not trying to make me cry i'm here for that yeah hey finally anyway i think that's gonna do it for us right that is it for us this week uh if you want more cover b you can go to our website www.coverbpodcast.com you can also follow us on social media we are on facebook and twitter and you can find chris and i both on instagram as well yes um and if you're into video games we do regular streaming with our variety group tink tink games on twitch we're there six days a week so definitely come and check us out otherwise i think that's it yeah sounds like it's it well, thank you for listening to us ramble about some comics this week, and we will ramble at you again, ramble am, next week on the next episode of Cover B. Bye, y'all. Bye.